Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of AGP, Amanda Gillum Presents. As always, I am your host, Amanda, and of course, AGP is always brought to you by the amazing sponsors of Scott Comics, Hasm Productions, comic creator Mark Kidwell, the Gem City Comic Con, which will be April 2nd and 3rd this year in Dayton, Ohio, UVN, the Underground Video Network, and on top of all of this, I have some exciting news. So most of you know that my friend Michael Broff joins me for many of episodes where him and I just kind of geek out over whatever it is that we want to talk about for the month or the week or just for fillers. Well, I've been talking to Mike, and I gave him the option of either doing it my way or doing it my way. So he decided to do it my way, and Mike will also be now joining AGP as the co-host of this wonderful show. So everybody, give a warm welcome to the newest co-host of AGP, Mr. Michael Broff. Hi, I'm really Whoa. glad you decided to, <laughs> I'm really glad you decided it to see my way since I gave you the option of my way or my way. <laughs> well, I weighed, I weighed my options on on in the one hand I had your way and in the other hand I had your way and after careful deliberation I flipped the coin and decided to go your way. You know, I think that was a really good decision on your part. (laughs) Now, ladies and gentlemen, we all know that probably one of the coolest movies came out just a few weeks ago, and we were all jonesing to see it, and a lot of us have already seen it two, three, five times at this point. Um, That would be Jim and the Holograms, right? Oh yeah, no? I already. I oh yeah, it came out on Blu-ray already. I've I've got my deluxe edition. Ooh, oh boy. <laughs> oh yeah, Blu-ray, DVD, and digital copy. I'm telling you, it was weird when that I opened you... it up. When I opened it up, it glitter bombed me. <laughs> oh my god, that that movie is so atrocious. It really is. But no, we are actually talking about the chimichanga lover himself, Mr. Deadpool. And due to this, this episode is going to be rated Deadpool. So be warned. There's no way to talk about this movie so without a huge spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen it, you don't want to listen to this episode yet. And if you have anybody under the age of like what, 53? <laughs> 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 you may not want to let them listen in on this episode either because in all honesty, I thought and thought and thought, well, how could I do this show and not use ex- explicit language talking about Deadpool? And I went, 
Well, there's absolutely no effing way because I'm not going to be – every other word would be completely bleeped out, and you're not going to hear anything that's going to happen into this episode. So that is the one and only bleep you're going to get. So in about, oh, five seconds, if you have any little ones, please get them out of the room. Or please turn off AGP. I know I hate to say that, but listen to it later when the young ones are not in the same area. I'm just protecting the younger generation because I don't want to turn them away from AGP, but I don't want also for them to screen and going, Mommy, what did she say? Because trust me, if I get the opportunity to be explicit, I really can be. So in five Four, three, two, one. Let's start with some fucking chimichangas, Mike. <laughs> I was almost going to try to do the I hate fairyland route and be like, that marshmallow fluffing. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I just couldn't do it. Yeah, well, I mean, we could have turned this in, I, I guess we could have turned it into like an episode of Battlestar Galactica where everything is uh, fracking. <laughs> But I'm afraid that I might get, like, somebody going, oh, no, AGP used the word frack um, this many times, which means now she owns us royalty rights. And so I don't want that either. There's no copyright law on the word fuck, so. <laughs> so it's time to make the chimmy fucking changas. God, I love that movie so much. Oh, my God. That movie kicked it off as soon as the credits opened. As soon as the credits oh. opened. It was over. It oh, was the, credit, the credits alone were just groundbreaking. Just it, it set the tone right off the bat. Like when the, like normally when the stars' names would come up, but yet you get you know God's gift to women, and then a really hot chick, and then British bad guy. Oh God, that was so good. Gratuitous, gratuitous uh, cameo. That was great. Yeah, but it yeah. wasn't just things like that. There was like the small things where like. You had like he made fun of um he made fun of himself because there was a Green Lantern wallet in there and yeah. <laughs> Rob Liefeld's name was on the rim of a coffee cup and it was just this and that's the thing is is I've seen this movie now five times and I'm still picking up on little odds and ends oh, that yeah. I didn't see the first time. Oh yeah, it wasn't until the second time I watched it that I really caught one of my favorite catches, because I really do. I I will not try to be the guy that all of a sudden says, oh, I've been a Deadpool fan forever. I know Deadpool. I've read quite a few Deadpool books. I know enough of the history. Toward the end, when he's at the, uh, the quote-unquote helicarrier, which was a nice little slide in, when oh, he's yeah. fighting... Oh, that was so blatant too. They 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 tweaked it just enough where it didn't look exactly like the Helicarrier, but you knew no, it was a damn Helicarrier. Yeah, but when he's fighting the bad guys and he stopped the first time, I didn't get it. The first time when he's fighting the bad guys at the end and he stops and he's talking to the one soldier, I didn't get it. I'm like, why is he taking so much time with this guy? Did, did I miss something? Is it going to be a deleted scene? It wasn't until the second time I watched it when I realized he called him Bob. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, Hyd- yeah. That's Hydra Bob. That's his buddy Hydra. Well, his buddy Hydra Bob, but he calls every agent of Hydra, Hydra he goes, you're Bob. When I'm not Bob, you're Bob. Oh, God, it's Bob. Yeah, that was 
that was a great nod. And the fact that they just went with Bob, the huge fans know exactly what they were talking about. But uh-huh. those that haven't watched, those that don't know Deadpool, they didn't get it. But it was a, they, but they still, the brilliance of this movie was even if you didn't get all the references, there was enough stuff in there to where oh, yeah. it was. In the references, people were still have to laugh. There's just really cool nods to stuff. Yeah. So I don't get it. Um, like the scene where he's being tortured, and he's just like, don't, why is there noise coming from my computer, back computer? Um, when he's getting, to, he's getting ready to go underneath his, uh, his transformation right before he starts getting tortured, and he's like, all right, but uh, just don't make the super suit green or animate it. Yeah. I mean, you got to love the fact that he can poke fun at himself. Even though, again, I realize a lot of people don't like that movie, but I'm telling you, if they would have just stayed on Oa, that movie would have been great. The fact that they came back to Earth is not that part. I mean, come on. His Hal Jordan is way better than his uh, Deadpool in X-Men Origins Wolverine, let's face it. Yeah. Green Lantern has its faults, but I will attest that none of them lie on Ryan Reynolds. He really did do a good job as Hal Jordan. It just, I don't care how big your lifeboat is, when the Titanic goes down, it's going down. And Yeah. And the great, another great little tie-in they did was, and it, it worked on two levels, was during the promotion, this is another one I didn't catch right away, but when they showed uh, the one poster that was like half Deadpool and he had the ring pop on, I didn't oh, yeah. realize that. I didn't realize at first it was a direct knockoff of the Green Lantern poster, and then mm-hmm. later on, and then later on when the uh, the ring pop shows up, your your mind automatically makes that connection. Like, oh, the poster. Oh, it's still another way he's. He's getting a subtle little dig in. So one of my favorite things, because I'm a huge, I'm not going to say I'm a huge Deadpool fan, but I have liked Deadpool for quite a many years now because I got a Deadpool comic back in the 1990s from a Wizard magazine. And it was a Deadpool issue one. And I really enjoyed the character because he always breaks down the fourth wall. And I enjoyed that about the character. I love the fact that this is a character that was created to not be popular. He was kind of supposed to be like this one-shot type character. Ended up becoming popular, getting his own series, being everywhere. But one of my favorite things um, is that he made a reference to a comic um, I believe it was Deadpool and Cable number two, where Deadpool pulls his mask off and he actually says that he looks like he was bitten by a radioactive Sharpe. Um, or no, he, he looks like Ryan Reynolds crossed with a Sharpe. And in the movie, he says that he looks like he was bitten by a radioactive Sharpe. I thought that was absolutely brilliant, paying homage to the comic book, which paid homage to him saying, dude, you really want to play this character. I thought that was just brilliant. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, for the longest time after reading stuff like that, when I read when I read Deadpool comics or I read a comic book that had Deadpool in it, my mind automatically heard Ryan Reynolds' voice. Oh yeah. It was he he's he's just that character. If you've oh, ever yeah. seen any of his 
And I'm not talking about, like, the highly popular Van Wilder, even though you can already see some growth in there. But it's the thing, um, I would have to say, Waiting is the movie of his where you can see that, yes, he was meant to be a Deadpool. Oh, no, I'll go one even more on that. Blade 3, Blade Trinity, or, yeah, Blade Trinity. Uh, when he played, oh, I can't remember his character's name in it. God, cause right, but I know who you're talking about. No, that was right there. Because he's a smart mouth in that one. Yeah. He even he even had the, his character even had a name tag that said, hello, my name is, and it was something really off the wall zany. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, of course, he could not resist, absolutely not resist taking every jab he possibly could to Hugh Jackman. Oh, God, yes. God, that was so good. They even have the People magazine with him on the cover of Sexiest Man Alive in it. And even better is when, at the end of the movie, when uh, Marina Bachrach takes off his mask and he has the picture of Hugh Jackman, Jackman stapled. Stapled. That was a nice little touch that they stapled it to his face, and when she goes to take it off, she has to pull the staple out of his face. Right. But one of the things that everybody really likes about Deadpool is, hey, he breaks the fourth wall. You even see it in the um, previews where, like, there's a scene with Colossus and the girl, and he's like, she's going to do a super jump. She's going to do a super jump. And she goes, and she does a super jump, and then he looks at the camera. You know, it's really bad on your knees. But yeah. it's a, it's the subtle ones where he's not really addressing the audience, but he's addressing the audience and confusing the crap out of all the characters in there, which are some of my favorites. Like in the Deadpool comic with him and the Punisher, and he shoots the guy, and the Punisher's like, what did you do that for? And he goes, it's my book. It's those that I like more, because like I believe it was uh, Colossus was trying to say that he wanted to bring Deadpool to Professor Xavier, and then he replies to him, uh, which one, Stuart or uh, McAvoy? McAvoy. These timelines are confusing. And he's like, these timelines are confusing. He doesn't say oh, that to the God, audience, that was the so audience good. It, And you can see the look on the actors' yeah. faces because, you know, they're playing their characters in the movie. Like, wait, what, huh? Wait, stop. <laughs> um, what is that? Oh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. And when he goes to the X-Mansion... And uh, Megasonic answers the door. He's like, funny, this school is so big, but I only ever see the two of you. It's like they couldn't right. afford any other X-Men. And she's just like, that what? Was yeah. awesome. Oh, that was so good. That was absolutely fantastic. So it was definitely amazing. But I would have to say the biggest shocker of everything is, so um, I don't know. I, I don't know if you've seen this going to the movies. It's not like the thing has not – it's not like the movie and Ryan Reynolds and everybody else is working on it trying to tell you this is not for children. This is not Ultimate Spider-Man on the Disney Channel. It really no. fucking not. I swear to fucking God, it's not. Now, I mean, even that Deadpool is right on the line of is that really appropriate for Disney Channel, but – this, one, you got to remember, this movie was originally going to be rated NC-17. They knocked it back a few clicks. Uh-huh. Two, the fact that you people have not read the comic book and you took your children to this movie anyway was absolutely shocking to me. I kept watching people cover their children's eyes during the, and trust me, there are some very oh naughty sex scenes. Dude, and I'm, I'm just, I'm telling you, I, I went to see it with my nephew 
who is in his late 20s with his own child. And there were parts during those sex scenes where even I felt uncomfortable. I'm looking at my, my adult nephew, and I'm like, I feel so weird. And, and bro- to me, I saw I a guy take a 9 and a 10-year-old. A 9 and a 10-year-old. I was talking Are to you- guys... I know. I was talking to the guys that work at my comic book store, and they said they when they went, there were kids in that crowd that were so young and so little, they couldn't see over the seat in front of them. I mean, it was just, it, it shocked me. And it's not like these people haven't been saying this stuff. And then the other killer to me is, then I watch all these people go, that movie was horrible. I can't believe you had a movie like that. I took my kids to. Right there, there's your mistake, dumbass. Yeah, too bad they don't have a rating system for movies, you know, that would that would indicate right off the bat, you know, like this movie might be restricted. I mean, come on. My dad, at the age of four or five, let me watch Freddy Cougar movies, okay? I get it. They are oh, rated yeah. R. But one, my dad always watched a rated R movie before I could watch it, so my dad could see where the tit scenes were because, you know, being a female, I, at four or five, I wasn't allowed to see boobies. Yeah. <laughs> so my dad would cover my eyes. My dad didn't mind the blood and gore. And it isn't even the blood and gore, but, man, the language in here is just, it's the fucking... Oh, it's yeah. The fucking... How how can I put it? Oh, fuck. Every fuck is another fuck because the fuck is the language of the fucking movie. I, I've, I've said it before. Deadpool is one of the most rated R, rated R movies I've seen in a long time. I mean, come on. You get to see Ryan Reynolds' junk in it. Come on. <laughs> True? True, yes. it's shaded. It is shaded, so you don't get to see any definitions to it. And it is CGI'd, which is how they got away from their NC-17. Because obviously girls' parts are rated R, but guys' parts are NC-17, which I don't understand. And that's that's something that I still think our society's messed up on. It's okay to see a full nude girl, but it's still not okay to see a full nude guy, which makes no sense to me. So they kind of CGI'd and shaded it. But I, 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 my, my eyes went directly to it during the fight scene. I'm like, um, I'm gonna have to watch this movie again because all I watched was uh, <laughs> Ding Dong Merrily on high, swinging from one end to the other. That's all I was really paying attention to. Really, seriously, uh, can't help it. I am a girl that's perverted. <laughs> I was like, if you the fight it. scene, I'm not sure. I'm a guy, and I couldn't take my eyes off it. It was hypnotic. It was like, like, especially on the big screen, you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) But, I mean, it was just, it's so funny. And I actually know a bunch of girls who really went to go see the movie just because they're like, I heard Brian Reynolds' hoo-ha is in there. And I'm like... If that's the reason why you're going to go see this movie, uh, there are plenty of other things. I'm sure you could just maybe ask Ryan Reynolds to send you a picture or something. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> he just seems like the I, he just seems like the type of guy that if enough girls go, can I just have a picture of your cock? That he'd be like, all right, so I'm going to take a picture of this and then I'm going to put my hand on my dick with a pen and then I'm going to sign my name with my dick and then send it to them. <laughs> like that just seems like the type of guy he would be. Even though 
I think that would be like the coolest. It'd be like, okay, so I would love to write Ryan Reynolds this letter going, Dear Mr. Reynolds, due to the fact that so many girls were just obsessed to go see this movie because your cock was in it, I would love to get an interview with you and your cock. Would that be okay? <laughs> and then start asking his fucking penis questions because I think that would be like the greatest interview ever. <laughs> what? And we're it's all- funny. And- and we also learn that Wade Wilson is not only a giver, he is a receiver. <laughs> <laughs> happy, women, happy Women's Liberation Day. That, I'm going to tell you what, that is the one that came out of left field for me. I'm like, let's go. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's just like, okay, be careful. Oh, my God. But did you notice there was also another X-Men in the movie? Oh, uh, are you talking about his girlfriend who in the comic? No, 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 not who becomes. There is a full-fledged already mutant that we actually already know of. Um, we know who the character is. You see her in the facility. Oh, Exactly. Everybody say, I, I believe it's Mero. I mean, you it's Marrow. I know it is. It's, yeah. How? Or, I mean, how many? How many people can Marrow possibly be? That's true. I would have. I, I would have loved to have seen a few more. True, but, but you got to remember, Fox has a lot of their hands. Oh but yeah. Marrow could be getting away because even though. Marrow is not one of the X-Men. Marrow is a Morlock who becomes a member of the X-Force, which we learn in the after credits, which play, plays homage to another amazing fucking movie, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, we find out that Cable is going to be in the sequel. Dude, I'm telling you, that post credit sequence is by far one of my all-time favorites the fact that they kept it so well under wraps, I mean, you want to talk about coming out of nowhere. Because as soon as they showed that hallway, I knew, because I grew Ferris Bueller's Day Off is one of my all-time favorite movies, which it just celebrated, I think, what, it's the 30th anniversary? But uh, I was like, oh, my God, that's that's the hallway. And he, you see his head first, and then mm-hmm. he comes out in the robe, and you're like, oh, my God, are you effing kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? That that was great. And I'm telling you, I have a I have a few friends that I work with that have seen it. And the very end part where he goes has become the new running joke. We will sneak up on each other behind like a, a corner of a building or a corner of a wall or something and just poke our head out and go. It, it gets a laugh every time. It's just, damn, I love that. Oh, yeah. But I, I think it was just absolutely brilliant. Um, I mean, now, going back to what you were talking about, Vanessa, um, a lot of people may not know this unless they actually do read the comics, whether it's X-Force or if it's Deadpool. Um, Wade's girlfriend, Vanessa Carlisle, even though she has no powers in the movie, in the comics, she is actually a member of X-Force with shape-shifting powers. And yeah. 
I was actually really sad because one of the things that got me excited was when I was watching the trailers, she has a line in the trailers that says, I've played a lot of roles. Damsels in Distress ain't one of them, which is actually yeah. a nod um, yeah. to her origin um, or the hint that she actually has hidden powers. But they did cut that from the original movie. Now, I'm hoping, because I know they've cut a lot from the movie, that they saved everything, and maybe we could get, like, this epic, like, Lord of the Rings Deadpool thing where they're like, here, you can either buy the NC-17 original version of Deadpool, or you can have the the more friendlier version, as friendly as Deadpool can get, the rated R version. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you right now, you know it's going to happen, but watching an edited version of Deadpool would be like watching the TV version of, like, Blazing Saddles. It's yeah. still enjoyable, but you're like, this isn't right. This is not right. The only thing that I find a little weird is that um, they don't mention the whole, like, Weapons Plus program. Um, anybody who yeah. reads the comics knows that Deadpool was actually created by the Weapons Plus program, which is the same thing that they did with Wolverine, which is why he was originally part, you know, him and Wolverine have such a connection to each other. Yeah. And, so at, least, it'll be, and at least they kind of kept a little similarity because Deadpool got his name. I do remember this because I do, I do have this issue. Deadpool got his name because Okay, in the movie, they had the Deadpool for, like, how long one of the people was going to last. And it was the same thing in the Weapons Plus program. They had him, like, a thousand to one that he was, he was going to live through the, the process. And they had their Deadpool, and that's where he got his name. So they, they kept that nod to it, you know, giving him the name Deadpool from the Deadpool at the bar. So that was right. that was still I, a nice little nod. Very, very true, very true. Even though, um, I mean, yeah, it, they do change a few things, and every every movie's gonna have those changes. But yeah. they kept the character absolutely true to the comics, which I was very oh, pleased yes. to say. Yes. Um, I mean, even even the fact that they kept um the fact that Spider-Man had an actual big influence on the original design of Deadpool, uh, so he definitely does a few Spider-Man shout-outs. Um, obviously, you know, bitten by a radioactive Sharpay has the two jokes in it, but, you yeah. know, there's, like, the Parker Boulevard, which is a nod to the P- Peter Parker. Yeah. And he even referred to himself as your friendly neighborhood pool guy. So yeah. that was fun. And I think uh, well, I think it was during the animated credits he actually tried to hang from some webbing and then he fell down. Yeah. <laughs> and then what was it? Weasel reference Spider Man by when he bids uh, Wade, uh, you know, t- when he was leaving, he said, "Go get her, Tiger." Yes, go get him, Tiger. And so I was like, that was brilliant because everybody knows if you read the actual Spider-Man comics, the very first thing Mary Jane actually ever says to Peter Parker is when he fi- when she finally is like, okay, I am tired of this little game. So she go- goes over to his house, knocks on the door, he opens up the door, and you have this pan from her feet up to her head. And as soon as you get to her head, she stands there and she looks at Peter Parker. She goes, face it, Tiger, you hit the jackpot. Yeah. So it was a very nice um, nod to Spider-Man because they have a lot. Uh, they they cross each other's paths so many times. 
and they have, they have always played on the fact that Deadpool just he it's like he's got the biggest man crush on Spider Man. He loves Spider Man. He just he wants to be like his best friend in the entire world. Oh yeah, but then there were scenes that they pulled both. Deadpool, even in the comics, does a lot of things that are cultural references to what we have in today's society. One of the best things he's ever done was he was sitting there, and there's these two guys, and this one guy talks about how he actually enjoyed the Star Wars prequel, so he just blows his head off in the comics. Say George R. Banks is an abomination. Say George R. Banks is an abomination. George R. Banks is an abomination. So, yeah. Um, if you haven't read it, so after he blows the guy's head off, the other guy's standing there, and he pulls up his gun to the other guy, and he goes, you say George R. Banks is an abomination. And he says it like twice, as the guy's like, George R. Banks is an abomination. Like, I am not arguing with this fucker. I, no way. Uh-uh. It was so funny. And that's what I love about Deadpool is he's always – canon with other things that are going around and one of the cool things is um, when Wade actually confronts the stalker pizza delivery guy in the beginning of the movie he's actually wearing a shirt with the Golden Girls Arthur's face on it and if you've Uh been a fan of the Deadpool comics, Deadpool actually has a very long history of idolizing Arthur in the comics Um, always um, Deadpool City rhymes with fun comment is a reference to the Rolling Stones frontman Mick Jagger, who's famously used for famously used that line to describe Regina Saskatchewan during a concert. It's just so funny to see how they do it. But my favorite pulp culture reference, straight up, is that Deadpool actually mentioned Liam Nielsen during the movie. Um, yeah, uh, Liam Neeson, um, because one of the things, and it's just so hilarious, because um, he had appeared in the 1988 Dirty Harry movie, The Deadpool, but uh-huh. my, <laughs> but I think the best one is when he makes a reference about Taken. Oh yeah, when he, <laughs> I absolutely love that when he's like, no, I it. it I was having a nightmare. And then he goes into the whole thing about how it's bad parenting. I was like, they've made like three or four of these movies, right? Like, the daughter's always, someone's always getting kidnapped. Isn't that like bad parenting at this point? Oh, yeah. And he does even, like, the fact that he, you know, he's like, have you all seen 127 hours? And then, there goes his hand. It's, It's this wonderful thing that you get to see, because those things don't exist in the comic book world. They exist in our world, and it's, again, showing how he breaks down that fourth wall, which is just brilliant. Oh, no, and one of the the real subtle, and once you make the connection, you, you just kind of go, eh, not pop culture nods, is as he's cutting off his hand and blood's getting everywhere, he goes, hi, God, it's me, Margaret. <laughs> and yeah, if if you're of a certain age, you know the book "Hi God, It's Me, Margaret" is about a young girl experiencing her period for the first time. Yep, and it and then because like I said, the first time you, he says it, you think you you kind of throw it off, and then you're like, oh my god, all the blood! Oh my god, that is so wrong. Yep. 
pretty much. Oh, it was so brilliant. Yeah, so needless to say, this movie was absolutely brilliant. And the way that it was yeah. done, I just absolutely loved it. But it's not just how well they did, you know, the nods. Because let's face it, there are people like me that I will watch a movie so many different times. Because I mean, there's, yeah. I'm sitting there watching the movie with my friends, and the first thing, because <laughs> Christy's like, oh, crap, man is nerdy, is he gets, as soon as he grabbed it, I went, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. Yeah. So they're going to go play skee-ball. Oh, God, that was and he so gets good. All the tickets. And he buys a Voltron, the Defender ring. I want uh-huh. the ring. Like, seriously, if you really, 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 really ever want to propose to me, go get that <laughs> ring. I, I'm yours. Like, I don't even have to know you. I'd be happy with that ring. That's how nerd I went. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so freaking awesome. It's like, it was so, dude. It was it was so awesome that they had him, they had him ski ball because in the comic books, Deadpool has, he loves, he, he loves ski ball. They didn't just do that obligatorily no. for the movie. He loves ski And you got to see just how badass he is because when he takes that ski ball and he, he like fast pitches it straight mm-hmm. into the, the, that's just like precursor to how badass he is. Oh yeah, he, definitely. He didn't just wing it, you know. I mean, he he bullseyed it. Of course, another one of my favorite things is now. There's a few people on here that live at AGP who might know that I'm possibly a. How do I put this? A huge, major fucking Star Wars fan, possibly, possibly. Hmm. You've Maybe. seen it a couple times, right? A few, just a few. I may have a few of the collectibles, too. So, I about fell out, because this is probably, like, the most... This, if this would ever happen in my real life, I'd be like, okay, this is the one. So, after they've pretty much been sealing the deal, and he proposes to Vanessa, um, they're spooning, and um, <laughs> he's spooning her, and he makes the connection to Yoda riding Luke's back at Star Wars, and then Vanessa questions which movie this happens in. And, of course, you know, they are talking about the original Star Wars trilogy. And it yeah. was just absolutely brilliant. And I'm just like, Star Wars? And they could do Star Wars because it's okay because, um, yeah, Marvel and um, Star Wars are both owned by Disney. It's okay. Because at first he says, he says Star Wars and she smacks him and says Empire. Yeah. And as, she's like, Empire Strikes Back. It's like, no, get it right. And and again, the fact that he said Star Wars. You notice he didn't say A New Hope. She said The Empire Strikes Back. And that was another yeah. wonderful little tidbit because if you are a Star Wars fan, the original Star Wars was just pronounced Star Wars. They didn't call it Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope till they had the rights to do Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. And there are a lot of Star Wars fans who do not put the whole – they're just known as Star Wars, The Empire, and Return. Like, that's how they name them. That's where they stay with yeah. because everybody that are Star Wars fans and know the trilogy, that's what they know. But it was funny how many 1980 cultural references there were. Oh, my God. Um, like when, yeah. You know, one, wham. Exactly. 
Four. This is the oh. album that put the exclamation point that made Wham way up. Yeah. Or talking about how he would, um, after he found out that he had cancer, he'd come back in another life and blast out Wham on a boombox in a reference to... Um, <laughs> say anything. Or, say anything. Yeah. God, I love that movie, by the way. I'm a huge 1980s. Say anything, sixteen candles, breakfast. I, dude, I can watch those movies all the time. Absolutely, but still, I have to say, still the one where they are talking about Liam Nelson and he telling her that it was a nightmare, <laughs> and yeah. his observation that by the third movie, maybe you just assume that he's actually a bad parent was just absolutely brilliant. That's still probably hands down my favorite one because I'm just rolling on the floor. And then the soundtrack is just freaking wonderful. I'm sitting there. We're, I think it's me and Christian. We're just sitting there, sitting in our seats, singing the songs. <laughs> and uh-huh. It's like, it's over. It's just absolutely over. <sighs> it was absolutely great. Or, oh, and then, of course, the fact that he even mo- he was mocking Negasonic Teenage Warhead, um, calling her Sinead O'Connor, and then oh, said yeah. something about referring her looking like like Ripley from Alien Three. <laughs> that was great. It was just absolutely brilliant. It was amazing. No, no, no. But not go ahead. Go ahead and finish your tweet. Your little Twitter. Your your Facebook upset. Your uh, Facebook upset. Your, your Twitter. Your tweet. Oh yeah. Uh, it, it was. And I'll tell you another one of the things that I really liked was Colossus in it. I loved Colossus in that movie. They got Colossus's character dead on oh, in, yes. in Deadpool because I've I've read X Men comic books for decades, and Colossus is. He's like the the Russian Superman where he was a farm boy and he was brought up with, you know, parents and a little sister and he was brought up very wholesomely and that is how Colossus would act is the way he did in Deadpool, you know, really proper and and nice and Oh, yeah. They did. They nailed him in that movie. I mean, a lot of people who've never read the X-Men comics are thinking maybe they're just making that joke of how a guy shouldn't hit a woman. But, no, that really is who Colossus always oh, has yeah. been. He's always been that nice, proper guy, and he, does, he doesn't go out picking a fight. Uh, he uses yeah. his mutant ability more for defense than offense. But, as you can see, he will use it for offense if he has to. Or defense. Yeah. And no, offense. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. Don't confuse me. So, but he does try to use it more for defense purposes. He doesn't like hitting women at all. He's very farm boyish, and I thought yes. it was just dead on. <laughs> and, and, and he's and the perfect, but he's but he's the perfect character because he's the absolute polar opposite of Deadpool. Yes. And I like another nice little touch is when he's fighting uh, the woman whose name escapes me right now. Uh, what was her name in the movie? The big strong woman. Uh, anyway, Discount Rosie O'Donnell. No, 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 no. The 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 super strong villain woman. 
Yeah, discount Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Less angry yeah. Rosie O'Donnell. I don't know. <laughs> but I loved, I loved when they were fighting and her boo popped out. And he's like, oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He turns away so earnestly. And my first thought was, of all the boobs we got to see in the movie, we don't get to see the one boobs we want to see in the movie. But I love the fact that he was so, oh, I'm sorry. He's, he's turning away. She's like, oh, that is so nice. That is so sweet. And then she just belts him. Oh, yeah. And it it was hilarious. I absolutely loved it. And it was like, wait, wait really? We don't get to see that? Why can't we see that? Because I really kind of want to see that. That'd be absolutely great. Yeah. It really would be. <laughs> and I do, and I love the idea that even after all the stuff that Colossus knows Deadpool has done, he still will never give up hope on him. I, there was just something about that I thought was so sweet that that Colossus I mean, he just got done watching Wade just hack up these people, and he still clings to the hope that he can get Deadpool to be a good guy. Angel. He calls her Angel. She's Angel Dust. That's it. Yes, Angel Dust. Yep. You just had to give me a minute. <laughs> I'm like, I know, I know who this is. I can't remember her real original name. Her real name is Gina but I'm like, no, that's not who she is. But she's Angel Dust, who actually happens to first appear com- um, in uh, Morlock's issue number one in 2002. Welcome to my nerd. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was another thing. I mean, I know Fox was really limited on the who they could use out of the X-Men history, but I thought it was great that they, they went with, like, D-list characters. You know what I mean? Well, People that I, might I have been he, in the book like once or twice. Right. And Negasonic is one of them. Um, Angel Dust is another one of them. They're not big name people. But at the same yeah. point in time, think about it though. It's been it's been working for them. Even when they were like, okay, well, we're going to do an Avengers movie. Okay, but we didn't realize an Avengers movie was coming out yet. And the big breakout was the I would honestly have to say would be the Iron Man movie. And at the time, I mean, he was popular, but he wasn't popular. Yeah, you know, yeah. it wasn't like Iron Man was selling out from one end to the other at that time. He wasn't the biggest comic book hero at that time. And so it's been working for them picking. I mean, in all honesty, let's think about this. Other than the fact that they made an Avengers movie, Deadpool's the first real popular movie that they've gone out and done for a popular character. Yeah. Because think about it. I I love it, but, like, look at Ant-Man. Ant-Man is not Iron Man. He's not Captain America. He is is a character that people have probably heard of but never paid too much attention to. But they made a movie about him, and it was a great movie. So, yeah, Marvel, yeah, they're they're not afraid to to go the unexpected route. Right. I mean because Fox has and, Fox has the X Men, so Marvel has been using and they and they're they're genius on the way how they're doing it for the fact that they're like, Okay, well the Avengers are a bunch of these smaller characters from Black Panther to Ant Man 
to now you have slightly more popular characters like Iron Man, and then we can bring in popular, popular characters like Captain America, and here we have the Avengers. Because if you think about it, Black Widow is not a main character unless she's in the Avengers. Hawkeye is not normally a main character unless he's in the Avengers. Iron Man is not a main character except for when he was in the Avengers. That was something really cool about the Avengers is they were not, not, they weren't, it wasn't a group of the main characters. Or like the X-Men were like the X-Men, boom, down, down. Here they started off with their main characters, Iceman, Jean Grey, uh, Cyclops, and Angel who turns out to be, and who ends up being Archangel and Professor X. And those were your main characters. And it's funny how a lot of the um, the event where when you compare Marvel groups to DC groups, you have basically the Super Friends and or Justice League versus the Avengers. And the Avengers are like the compilation of all of Marvel's not top characters. And then here's DC and all the heavy hitters are in there. Every heavy hitter they've ever had is the core of who the Justice League is. Because, I mean, let's face it, how many of us could actually sit down and watch a Booster Gold movie? I could. Uh, I'm not going to... Okay, let me rephrase that. How many non-nerd people could sit down and watch a Booster Gold movie? (laughs) You know what? Here's one of the things I think that that Deadpool and especially like Ant-Man have in common. They were just fun movies. Neither one of them really relied heavily on a heavy story and heavy history along with the other comic books. They were in and of themselves just fun movies. And I think that's part of the reason why Deadpool was so successful was you can't have a Deadpool movie without it just being balls out fun. You oh, know true. you know, we, we don't want to see Deadpool having these long, serious bouts of self loathing and doubt, you know. We wanna see him just getting out there and just shooting his shit out of everybody and, and hey, if you want a movie that, you want the movie with the hero with Self-loathing and doubt. Watch Batman. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, no. But I think one of the great things is Deadpool could have been a complete train wreck, too. Because of the character Deadpool, there are – he's a smartass. You know, he's the guy who, when the bad guy walks up and is like, okay, Deadpool, it's time for you to die. He would whip out his little – black book agenda thing, but like, um, I'm sorry, I'm kind of booked this month. Matter of fact, I'm kind of booked for the rest yeah. of the year. I might be able to get you, matter of fact, I have an appointment here on August 23rd, 2056. Would that work for you? Because I'll still be alive because I'm immortal. And see, de- exactly. Deadpool is a great result of when people who love the character have a say in the character. Because Ryan Reynolds has always loved Deadpool, and after Wolverine Origins, he 
he was almost so insulted by what they did to the character, it would have been easy for him to just step away and say, never again. I right. had my chance. But no, he, he went the other way. He's like, no, I love this character. I want to see him done right. I will do anything and everything I can to bring the character of Deadpool, the character that I love, to the silver screen. And he had a direct hand in a lot of the decisions that were made in that movie. And a lot of the dialogue and everything came from him because he knew the character and he respected and loved the character. That is a direct result of of somebody who... Yes, exactly. Because, let's face it, you have a character who does not have a filter on his mouth whatsoever. And someone who will talk back to anybody and comes up with some of the quickest quirks you will ever... This is that This is that friend that always has to have that last word and always knows exactly what to say to either make people laugh or to raise their eyebrow, whatever it is. But at the same point in time, this movie could have been a complete disaster train wreck yeah. from, from hell because they could have overdone it. Because let's face it, we've seen so many movies where there's a character who's supposed to be over the top, over the wall, breaks the fourth wall, and they do it to a point to where it became campy. This movie did yeah. not do that at all. And that was really refreshing to see because you have to admit, even you had this feeling that they could have done that. You have to admit it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, we all... that's, it's one of those, he's one of those characters that, that rides that fine line. And it wouldn't have taken much to push him over, like you said, true to the character or on the other side, campy. And, and they, you know, they did right. Because there's things like when um, Ajax is sitting at the top of the helicarrier and he's like, what's my name? And he's like, I'm going to spell it out for you. All right? Like, there could have been many different ways that they could have gone, and it just wouldn't have worked. But the fact that they do it the right way, and he takes all the dead bodies and spells out the name Francis on it, <laughs> which is hilarious. It was hilarious. It of course, was you, totally- I'm sure... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just laughing because at this point being on Facebook, you've had to see the new Ajax bottle with the the name Francis taped on it. That has become a new thing, and it is not getting old anytime soon. I love seeing that stuff. My favorite thing about that, though, is when people who haven't seen the movie see this, and they're like, huh? I didn't get it. (laughs) It's like, it's a joke. But it is. And the fact that he even dots the eye with a person's head, it's even funnier. (laughs) But see, that's that's where it was, that's where the intelligence of the movie came in versus doing something stupid or campy. Because it really could have been, and I was very grateful that it wasn't. And like every movie, obviously there's going to be a few things that are like, you're just like, uh, what, huh? But this one, there's very far few and in between. Yeah. So, and all in all, I mean, for me, this movie definitely gets uh, 4.9 out of 5, maybe even a 5. Yeah, the only, the only reason I couldn't give it a solid 5 is because it completely kind of ruined 
Despicable Me for me. And I think you know, I think you know damn well why. Because everybody, okay, we got to talk about it. The unicorn. Oh I, my god. god. Oh my god. Just, just, just beating it with that stuff, unicorn. It just he he went he. To go any farther, he he would have just had to say it's so fluffy. He he might as yep. well because it wasn't. I saw that movie on a the first time I saw it was on a Friday, and by Saturday, someone had already created a meme where the top part is that scene from Despicable Me with the little girl going it's so fluffy, and underneath it's a picture of Deadpool going you're telling me. And I'm like, yep, there it is. Not even a day. Yep. Not even 24 hours. <laughs> I will, I'm telling you, Despicable Me is one of my favorite movies, and I will never be able to watch it again the same way when it comes to that scene. You're like, it's so fluffy. I'm like, oh, God. Oh. <laughs> uh, God, the part the part with his hand. Yeah, you uh-huh. don't want to go in the other room for this. Can you imagine how big it's going to feel in this little hand? God. Oh, man. But and my other favorite thing is the fact that it, he does uh, pay homage to the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful holiday of Christmas. <laughs> He pays homage to all the holidays. God damn it. The, oh, oh, what's wrong? He comes out and he's got the fake teeth. Oh, happy Halloween. Oh, happy Thanksgiving. And oh, was, my and God. In no honesty, at the, and it's a great comeback movie for the fact that, let's face it, a lot of people went out to go see that, I don't even know what to call it. I, I think it was a Fantastic Four movie. I'm not quite sure. Uh. Um. I do know that it made the two original Fantastic Four movies look like freaking Oscar-worthy movies. Now, are you talking about I mean, the, the, the Harvey Corners and the Harvey... Oh, no, 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 no I know that, that piece. No, I'm talking about the, the, the two... Okay. The one with Chris with, Evans. Uh, Fantastic yeah. Four and Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Made those two movies look like Oscar-worthy. Oh, my God, that was hor- what a horrible movie. Yeah. No, that's that's why 2000, it, it's like Fantastic Four is the perfect example of what not to do with the comic book franchise, and Deadpool is the perfect example of what to do with the comic book franchise. Mm-hmm. I still have, I, I refuse to watch it. I They were handing it out that movie is like it has already hit like the five dollar bargain bin at the mega stores, and I I refu- I just I can't do it. Just nothing about. And the more and more I hear about it from people who have suffered through it, never, 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 never. But one thing that we haven't covered is well the violence in this movie, and. You, if you, <laughs> how do I say this? The violence is absolutely 
plentiful, and it's bloody beyond belief. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like the Looney Tunes version of ultimate violence because there is so much violence in it, but it is so over-the-top, like, anvil falling from the sky type violence that it's, it's, it's so much fun. The way that I described this to a friend of mine the other day, was like, they're like, well, how much violence is in this? I was like, basically, there's so much violence in this, you're going to feel unclean afterwards to where you might convert to Catholic, being a Catholic <laughs> just so you can go say something. <laughs> just so, because oh, the only thing that's going to make you feel even somewhat cleansed is by saying a few Hail, Hail Marys at a confession next week to where you feel like you can go back and join the rest of society. <laughs> it was the only thing I could think of. I was like, yeah, it's, it's got some violence in it, but I'll tell you what. Now, I know a lot of people go, well, people that are exposed to violence at a young age are, um, what What do they say? They start getting immune to it. They just, they're oh, just immune uh, to desensi- it. It doesn't affect, desensitized. Desensitized. Um, no, um, trust me on this one. I am a child who grew up on going, Oh, mommy! Did you see that? That was hilarious. Jason just hit that, ripped that guy's arm off as he slung him into a tree. That was the funniest thing I've ever seen. That came out of my mouth at the age of like six. Um, and we're talking about Jason Voorhees. So um, <laughs> this movie, it was beautiful. It was great. It had enough blood in it to make Sam Raimi go, "Hmm, maybe I should get those guys to help me in my next Evil Dead movie." <laughs> Um, but it's justified for the comic what's that I I said it was very justified oh yes and I love I love the fact that one of the big previews they always showed before the movie came out was when Deadpool's explaining why the red costume so you don't see the blood stains, and then they actually go back in like a flashback and show him trying to have a white costume. It just gets so red from it's, the blood. Oh yeah, it was it, it was like, absolutely it, brilliant. It did it. So many of the little things that they 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 mention in the movie Deadpool actually come full circle later on. Like the like the thing with the red. You know the reason why I'm wearing the red costume is so you don't see the blood. And then later on, it actually circles back to him having a flashback of him trying to have a white suit and it not working because of, of the blood. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, but the thing is, is this isn't, it isn't like those movies, like if you cut a vein, the blood just goes spewing out everywhere. It isn't like it's that. The way how the blood is portrayed is very realistic to the way that it actually would be. But it does, Deadpool is not a non-bloody comic. It never has been. So it was really great to see them be able to do that. I just thought it was hilarious because somebody's like, so how much blood is in it? Um, Go ask Sam Raimi. He, he might be able to <laughs> give you a count. He knows a lot about blood. I'm not, I'm not a, I don't count pints of blood it takes to create a movie. Sam Raimi would be the person you want to talk to about that. I just thought it was really great. And I love the fact that they did pay, you know, not only was he talking about the red soup and when he was talking about it, it was Christmas time. And as he was talking about Christmas time, when he gets there, he only has the 12 bullets, like the 12 days of Christmas. I thought that was really cute as well. Um, 
Not and to mention was, the fact, I mean, I know I've already mentioned the fact that we get to see, uh, you know, Ryan Reynolds' jingle bells and all, but, dude, Morena Bakken <laughs> is in this. And if anybody says she is not one of the hottest chicks on the face of this planet, you have something seriously fucked up with you. Oh, I'm telling you, let me, let me explain something. I had a huge crush on her since Firefly. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Kaylee was always my girl. I love Kaylee. But Miranda Bacher was, Anara was always so classy. And see, this is what really got me about it, because they don't really show, you kind of get the impression from the previews and everything that she's, I don't want to say a good girl, but the way they depict her in the promos is not exactly what you get in the movie. But what got me was is everything I've seen her in, Let's go Firefly, elegant, classy, beautiful. And then uh, later on when she was in V, she was very elegant, classy. And even in Gotham, she's very elegant and classy. And then here comes Deadpool, Hooker. Like, oh, holy shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, anybody who's a fan of uh, uh, Morena Baccarat, yeah, it was it was quite the treat to see her in Deadpool. But the thing is, is it just shows what type of an actress she is. Because in all honesty, she's just as witty, capable, and quick on her feet. She matched oh, yeah. Ryan Reynolds as an actor, oh, yeah. and um, their care for their character, she was a perfect match to play Vanessa. Because Vanessa yeah. is someone you know. There are certain people in the. When you go, let's go, let's focus on comic books for just a second. There are certain couples in this world that just absolutely make sense. Rogue and Gambit, uh, you know, they just make yeah. sense, absolutely make sense. Um, a lot of people um, want to picture, you know, Jean Grey, and I know, I know a lot of people want to put her with Wolverine, but in all honesty, Cyclops is her guy. Oh, and yeah. They are the perfect couple. They are meant yes. to be. And Vanessa yeah. and Deadpool are definitely a couple that are meant to be. They yeah. they are perfect for each other for the way how they do what they do. And, and it was it was it was great writing in that they showed the that they showed the audience how and like you said how great these two people are together and how much they belong together without going over the top sappy. Bed four roses and everything. No, no. These two lunatics are perfect match for each other. They truly are. And that was something I absolutely loved about it is the fact that not only did they find someone who could play the character right, but you could see that uh, Morena, um, as an actress, she could hold her own against Ryan Reynolds, which had to make filming this absolutely epic. Oh, yeah. I I have not looked forward to a DVD, a Blu-ray DVD gag reel as much as I am for this one. I can't. I I need hours of uh, of gag reel. I'm I'm praying for hours of gag reel when this movie comes out to video. Oh, I think. One thing about the another reason why I can't give it a solid five out of five stars is I know we talked about it. The only letdown I got from that movie 
was the Stanley cameo. I loved seeing Stanley in the movie, but I so wanted for Deadpool to acknowledge that it was Stan Lee. You know, it was that whole break in the fourth wall thing, but we didn't get it. We did get to see Stan Lee in a strip club, which I'm sure he had fun with, but <laughs> that was um, that was the that was the one thing that kind of broke my heart was, oh, there's Stan Lee, come on, do it, do it. And he, he they, they never even acknowledged him. I was kind of bummed about that. <laughs> it's actually funny that you say that because um, Stan Lee was talking about he actually did have a regret for the um, – he reveals that there was a downside to his Deadpool cameo. Um, and what it is, is – you're just going to love this. <laughs> his quote is, there's only one problem with the scene, and it's not for the reason that you expect. I just wish I had spent more time in the strip club. <laughs> oh, they, had that, me, man. they had me in and out too quickly. <laughs> and I'm just like, and I'm reading the last line of his quote. They had him in and out too quickly. Dude, <laughs> that's what she said. I love that, man. So don't feel bad. He felt the same way. <laughs> <laughs> But in all in all, it is a great movie. Definitely, definitely not a child movie. I'm it's telling not. you, I, even a week after the movie aired, and it had plenty enough time to to be talked about. Um, just this, just yesterday, today's Tuesday. Yesterday, Monday, I had a friend of mine tell me that he finally got to see it over the weekend. And he said even then when he went and saw it, there were kids there at least the age of nine years old. And I'm like, you know what, I can I can almost, I can't all the way, but I can almost forgive some parents for making the mistake of bringing their kids opening weekend. But when a solid week has passed, and that movie was the most talked about movie in a long time, that parents are still stupid enough to take their kids to go see that movie? No. It's really sad to see that, too. Because, and again, like I said earlier in in this conversation, my dad would always go see a rated R movie before he would just straight up let us watch it. And I, and I'm not saying, you know, there are a lot of things of the way how parents raise their kids nowadays that I am totally against. Um, but still, you can't blame, and I'm really sick of seeing the parents blame this movie for making a movie like that. It's a rated R movie. Have the common knowledge to go see it first, then you as an adult, because to me, I, let's put it this way. I'm not saying that you cannot take your kids to this movie. I'm not saying that your kids may not be smart enough or enjoy the movie at the age that they are. But you as the parent, you need to make the decision and see the movie first to see if it is the, uh, if it is a movie that your kids could watch. Because for me, growing up, my dad would not let me watch that as a kid. Now, as a teenager, my dad would have let me watch that at the age of 14 or 15. My dad wouldn't have had a yeah. problem with that. So 
there are some people out there who wouldn't let their 14 or 15-year-old see it and go, dude, you want to go see that movie? You better be 18 years of age. Go see it yourself. I am not helping you with it. You need to make that decision as the type of adult and the way that you guys are growing. By the time I'm 14, 15, and my family, we already know about sex and violence and things like that. So at that point, there was no hiding Amanda's eyes from the boobies. It was, you're old enough to understand this, and... We believe in my family that once you're around that 14, 15 age, you're going to see so much worse than other things anyway. So, hell, if you're going to see it in a movie, you're going to see it in real life anyway. Yeah. Does that mean I'm saying? (laughs) Go ahead. And for God's sakes, they even acknowledge it in the movie. Like one one of the scenes on the... the, Highway, the uh, on the highway when he runs his swords to that guy, they come out. He Deadpool comes out and says, now, "I know what you're thinking. This is a superhero movie, but he just made a fucking kabob out of that guy." Well, it ain't mm-hmm. that type of super. Right there, right there is when any parent that had half a damn brain in their head that was first of all stupid enough to bring their kid to go see it to begin with should have went okay. Now's the time to leave. But I mean, they did. But again, they did it. They did everything but have Deadpool look at the audience and go, "Get your fucking kids out of the movie." They, that would they, be great. They, oh my god! That honestly, hi, I'm Deadpool. If you've got a child here, you're a bad parent. Get the fuck out of the theater. That they did everything shy of doing that. Maybe that's in the extended edition. <laughs> oh, God. And you have to admit, this DVD, Blu-ray, whatever you're still watching, laser. Di- I'm, I'm sure it's not going to come out on LaserDisc or VHS, so if you're still on those, you might need to get an upgrade for this movie. <laughs> Wait, I, <laughs> I'm just saying, you don't have to get rid of them, because I never got rid of mine, but you might need to get something to upgrade it. I suggest a PlayStation 4. Um <laughs> <laughs> but the mo- but this movie not only is it going to be enjoyable to watch again like oh yeah time, but i i can't wait to get i hope oh please i hope there is um i love now i'm a huge movie person and i realize in today's society i don't have to have all these freaking dvds and stuff that i have but i have them why? Because I don't just watch the movie on my DVDs. I I go through the whole nine yards. So I watch the commentaries. Yeah, I like to watch yeah. the outtakes. I watch I watch a little bit of everything. It's like, um, what was it? There was a My Little Pony Friendship is Magic DVD out. And even though I had already seen the movie, yeah, I know. I just went from it's rated Deadpool to it's rated My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. I'm allowed to go there. But it has all these really cool, um, one, it did come with a sing-along, yay, and it came with a coloring sheet, so I could color some more My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, because I've colored all of my My Little Pony Friendship is Magic coloring books. Of course, I did turn them all into villains in the last coloring book, so it's okay. Um, Don't laugh at me. (laughs) But there's commentaries on there from the cast who plays the voices of the characters, and that was one of the main reasons why I picked it up. Because I enjoy doing stuff like that. It was one of the it was one of the things. Um, one of my favorite commentary tracks that I've ever listened to is from a movie called Shock Treatment by Richard O'Brien, which is oh kind God. of like the, okay. So at least I you remember, know what it is. 
So oh my God. You don't know, so Richard O'Brien, he's known, he, he did this small little role in um, Flash Gordon, but he's mostly known for this small little cult classic movie that has a few, you might know some of the names, like Susan Sarandon, Barry Boswick, Meatloaf, and Tim Curry in it. It is a musical um, um, it started off as a stage production. I, it, it's a really small thing. Most people probably don't know its name, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, I thought you were talking about Clue. I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry, it's when a you say Clue. Sorry, when you say Tim Curry, my mind goes straight to Clue. No, but yeah, I know, yeah. Riff Raff. <laughs> so he's also he's the guy who plays Riff Raff in the movie. Well, he is the guy who wrote the music. He did the stage play. He wrote directed the movie. Well, he did this sequel called Shock Treatment. Now, if you've never seen it, one, I highly recommend it. Two, have a major open mind for it because there is a song in there that with because so many people have to be so politically damn fucking correct. God, I'm sorry. I'm gonna, now that I am not censored, I'm really going to say this. I really fucking hate trying to be politically fucking correct. It drives me up a goddamn wall. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't like being politically correct. I never have been. And I, and I, and I only do it on the show because I don't really want bad press coming at me. Um, but if you, that's why I warn people, if you want to know me personally and you follow me on my personal page, Amanda Gillum, I am not politically correct on my page, so I'm pre-warning you now. Don't even try it because I'm not that person. But that movie is just brilliant. Richard O'Brien captured exactly what mainstream America was going to be. The whole movie is done in a television studio soundstage with a television studio audience that actually sleeps overnight in the studio. The whole thing is done in the studio and it's done as reality television, which is exactly where we ended up in uh-huh. television as it is. If it wasn't for the last few um, bringing in television series like The Big Bang Theory and um, Arrow and Flash and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and if, until this stuff started coming along, everything was reality TV. And not all reality TV is bad. You know, I love things like face-off, stuff like that. But for the longest time, we were covered in uh, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, uh, Survivor. Like, everything was a reality TV show, and there was no television shows. And it was really interesting because now I'm watching – when I was a kid, we had Roseanne and Full House – because even uh, TGI Fridays was all these really great shows, Full House and Family Matters and Step by Step. And so that was the 80s into the 90s. Reality television came over, and now we're going back to television shows. But look at the television shows now. We're in the 80s and early 90s. It was all about families and stuff. Here it's all these comic book series. Yeah. From The Walking Dead, and and it's not just television, even Netflix with Jessica Jones and Daredevil. So, but going back to the movie, it's really amazing how he already saw where we were going to go television wise. But it's not only that the music. I love the music in Rocky Horror Picture Show, but the music in Shock Treatment speaks ten thousand times louder, and is more brilliantly put um, put together. It really is, even though. 
Nothing really beats meatloaf singing, but then again, that's meatloaf, and I'm a little, well, when you put meatloaf and Jim Steinman together, it's fucking poetry. But it's not just the music, and it's not seeing how it foreshadowed where we were going to be, but it's also the way how he uses the coloring palettes really accents the essence of the moods that are going on from the way how he picks her when, um, when Janet's changing from innocent little Janet to more vibrant. Hello, I'm out there. I've had sex with an alien and I went ahead and married Brad anyway. And now Brad is this pain in my ass and I have to be me. And so they put her in the little black dress or during certain changes where they have the red, where you feel the anger and the angst and everything and how you slowly see the red bleeding through. It is a brilliantly artistic, gorgeous movie. And I absolutely love it. Just keep an open mind because you have to remember the time of the movie at the same time. Because Richard O'Brien does, if you thought Rocky Horror Picture Show was bad, Richard O'Brien doesn't hold anything back in shock treatment. No, shock treatment's definitely a a a niche. Whereas Rocky Horror Picture Show is a very cult classic and it's a very specific. Shock treatment was even more specific. It was it was it was more underground than than uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show could ever be. But it's really funny to listen to how when you're listening to the commentary, when they start talking about it, it's really interesting to see some of the stuff and where the thoughts and the ideas came behind it, which is how I really got into listening to the director's commentary or any type of commentary on a Blu-ray. Plus, it's the first time that I found out, ooh, I could find Easter eggs that I might have missed because I was too busy enjoying the movie and singing and dancing to the songs because the guy who plays the officer in shock treatment is actually the guy in the T-47 snowspeeder in Empire that finds Luke and Han after Han (laughs) saves Luke after the Wampa. And I was like, yep, I'm never missing a commentary again. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) A a really good selling point for any DVD, especially when I buy them, is is a good – are good special features. And I am. I'm one of those people. I do love a commentary. My favorites are always when they get the cast together. One of my all-time favorite movie commentaries is Goonies. When they got oh, my the God, enti- that's a great one. I'm telling you, when they got the entire cast to do the commentary on that, you will never learn more about a movie than when you get the entire cast together to do the commentary. That is one of my favorite commentaries. Uh, Monster Squad did the same thing. Oh, my God, yes, they did. Oh, my God, I love that commentary. The other, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, my all-time favorite commentary still, though, and it, there's two of them, was Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. That because is a not great only, one. Dude, I'm telling you, because not only did they give you the option for the cast and crew, they were groundbreaking. They do a, if you've never seen Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, your life is empty. It is one of the most brilliant things I have ever seen in my entire life. And the fact that they did a sing-along commentary, the commentary for this movie is 100% musical. 
God, I love that. The songs in the commentary get stuck in my head more than the songs from the actual sing-along blog did. Oh, yeah. And, and that's what I'm, I'm hoping. Again, I hope this isn't another one of those things where I have my hopes up and they get squashed. When Deadpool comes out, I want two commentaries. I want cast and crew as Ryan Reynolds, and then I want the fucking Deadpool commentary. I want, De- not Ryan Reynolds, I want Deadpool to commentate that movie. And he'll do it. He would, Ryan Reynolds would do it in a damn heartbeat. Again, this is, this is the type of, and obviously I don't know Ryan Reynolds personally, but from everything that I've seen from his interviews, the type of person that he is, he seems like the type of person that you could be like, Dear Ryan Reynolds, I know that you're friends with Deadpool. Could you please make sure that he does a commentary? Just not, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in listening to your commentary with the rest of the cast and crew, but I think Deadpool should be able to do a commentary of his own for the movie. Please and thank you, Michael Ball. Yeah. I would, I would send him something like that. I would seriously. Oh, I want that commentary so much. It's even him and Weasel. Because AJ, the the guy that the cat that plays Weasel, is a he is a hilarious comedian. I've gotten to see his stand up before. I've seen him in uh, was it Silicon Valley. He is hilarious, and the two of them do so much stuff as Deadpool and Weasel now. Anyway, they're still even after the movie came out, they're still doing what is it? Mike's Harder Lemonade, I think, was the last one I saw. Oh, my God. the two I could see the two of them doing that. I want to see Ryan Reynolds and the director and hopefully Morena Bakran. I want to see them do their commentary, but I want Deadpool to do the com. I want him to have commentary. <laughs> well... He has a Facebook page that he actually writes on because four hours ago he said only a few hours left for Oscar voting. Too late for a writing campaign. It's too late for a writing campaign for a totally ineligible movie. And then he has a Deadpool uh, Oscar and it says for your consideration, winner, winner, chicken dinner, winner of yeah. four Golden Girls from Betty White, viewer of five Academy Awards. For Best Picture, Deadpool on a bed bearskin rug, Best Foreign Language Film, L. Deadpool. Best Leaked Footage, Deadpool. Best Animated Short, Deadpool's Cartoon Fallness. Best Love Scene, Deadpool and his and his baby hand. <laughs> oh, God. And I'm you, that's something else right there. If you get it, 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 to the people listening, if you get a chance to, I think it might still be on YouTube, look up Betty White Reviews Deadpool. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. That's why oh he has winning four golden girls from Betty White on oh. it. Uh, yeah, you can actually write on his page and send him a post. So why don't you take what I just told you to write and send it to him? You can put my name on there, too. You'll be like, so we just did a podcast about you in the Deadpool movie, and my co-host, Amanda, and you can tag Amanda Gillen Presents on there, uh, want to know, can you contact Deadpool for us so he could do a commentary on the Blu-ray? I dare you. Oh, God, I hope that happens. See, you're not catching on. I'm daring you to do it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Or do I have to, like, triple dog dare you? Do I have to do that to where you don't have a choice? Because isn't that, like, I'm the rules? Say, if you triple, if you you triple dog dare right somebody, now. somebody else, you to. You want me to do it right now. <laughs> this, is, this is where video would be a hell of a lot more funny. <laughs> <laughs> But Siri, but no, yeah, I, I, I go do it because you know what? I just I, I'm following him now, so I'm gonna see if you post it. Of course, if you tag a man and presents, I'm gonna see if you post it too. So there, <laughs> he's writing it. <laughs> I love my uh, friends and my job. I love this job. I really do love this job. <laughs> of course, I'm sitting here, and as you were talking, I'm going. So what do I title this? I know I originally titled it as this episode is rated Deadpool, but I've thrown in my, we've thrown in My Little Pony, Goonies, uh, commentaries, and everything else in there. So do we call it My Little Deadpool's Commentary Sing Along? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I again, I don't know what it is about you being on this show. Every time we get together and we have one of these episodes where we just totally geek out over everything that we absolutely love and adore, we get to the point where it's eight eight hours and 24 minutes, and the show's only supposed to be an hour long. This is what I get for going, and I should really... I should really start putting, like, a timer. That way, like, it, like the Enterprise goes, red alert, red alert. It's not just you. When when me and Richard do the show, we have actually seriously contemplated getting a countdown timer to put underneath the clock because Richard knows when he hears that tone in my voice where I start to go on a rant or a ramble, he's just like, we're going over. Now, let me clarify we're- something because he said this show. He doesn't mean AGP. Mike also hosts another podcast called the Underground Video Network. So let's clarify this here. Mike is the guest host here on AGP, but he is the host where I get to guest host over on at the Underground Video Network where you can see him and I do our goofy nerd stuff on video instead of I just happen to like doing the audio because when I do audio – I don't have to stress for this. <laughs> what, did, what did you do? It sounded like you just fell out of your phone. Seriously. No, that's aluminum foil. Okay. Because we no, went, seriously. Because we, because we went over so long again, I have to, like, aluminum foil my dinner. I'm like, it's too late. I'm going to say it's your fault because I don't do this with anybody else. I know. <laughs> it, it, I, I, I bring that out in people. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what she said. <laughs> yeah, this is the only time I run long. In my personal life, I usually end up doing things too short. So I guess it's just a, a compromise. That's what Richard said. Nope. That's what Richard said. <laughs> um, no, hey, now, before uh, we go, now, wait, before we go, we do have an announcement to make. So, as you all know, um, there's going to be this huge podcast panel at Gem City Comic Con, which is going to be April 2nd and 3rd. Not only the fact that do I get the proud knowledge of knowing that they're a sponsor of mine, but they have been gracious enough for me to be able to put together an exciting panel uh, for podcasting. And joining me on this panel are going to be some of the coolest people that I've met in podcasting. 
other than myself, obviously, of course. So with me will be Michael Broff and Richard Catterjohn from the Underground Video Network. We will also be having my friend Troy. <laughs> we'll also be having my friend Troy Copes, who has been on this show before and has done. We've done a few po- uh, cross pods in the past, so he'll be joining us as well. And somebody that I got to meet this past weekend because I was at the Independent Creators Expo and Film Festival, which was a real big blast for me. I got to meet these guys from, and they are not associated with the con, but they do have the name Gem City Podcast. And their leader, well, I'm not leader, but one of their hosts of the show, Izzy, well, let me set you up this story. So Izzy is a huge fan of Gem City Comic Con. And he actually does listen to AGT, and I was absolutely thrilled because I'm still, you know, I, I'm no Kevin Smith or anything for crime any sakes, nor am I like a Felicia Day, but I am a super huge nerd. And so when someone comes up to me and goes, I love listening to your show, I turn into like a three-year-old, and I'm like, really? Like, I go stupid. And so Izzy was telling me, because Gem City Podcast is a phenomenal podcast to listen to, and I had been listening to their podcast for a while, so he came up, and he was like, would you like to finish us off? And I was like, well, it'll take me about five minutes. That was the only thing I could come up with. So we're sitting there, we're doing the interview real quickly, and I mentioned the podcast panel that we were having for Gym City Comic Con, and he just has this look at me. He's like, no one told me there was a podcast panel at Gym City Comic Con. And as soon as we finish recording, Jesse, the guy who's the owner-operator of Gym City Comic Con, is sitting at my table that I have for the show, and he runs over to Jesse and he goes, you didn't tell me you were doing a podcast panel? Why am I not on the podcast panel? And Jesse just kind of like sits back and points at me, and I was like, um, it's my panel. <laughs> and the next thing I see, he's sitting there grabbing me, going, "Please let me be on the podcast panel. I really want to be on the podcast panel." I'm like, "Okay, you can be on the podcast panel." So I made a new friend, and so we've added Izzy to the podcast panel. He is not on the original because I had already sent all the information in for the panel, so he's not listed in the panel. But we just opened up. For um, panel, when the panels are, and we are going to be having our panel at Gem City Comic Con on April 2nd, which is a Saturday at 1 o'clock. Dude, that is prime time. It was major prime time. So I really do hope to see all of you AGPers and UVNers and Gem City podcasters and you Troy Copes fans. I hope to see you all there. Um, you're, it's going to be just talking a little bit about what got us into podcasting, the tricks that we use to help it make, make it affordable for us, the things that help us up our quality, some of the things that we need to upgrade on some more. Cause obviously like something like this, for example, talks you free. It costs me absolutely nothing to do this. It's just you on the phone. Unfortunately, that means that sometimes the quality is a little shaky, so it sounds like you're trying to listen to some 1930s music every now and again. But since I'm not rich, because I didn't get to win the $1.5 billion lottery thing, I was robbed. Um, it's what I have to do, unless somebody really wants to give me a lot of money to be able to talk all day long, and I could quit my day job, which I would really appreciate it. Bye, Dala. I love you long time. If you do that for me. (laughs) (laughs) I can say, this episode's rated Deadpool. (laughs) 
But I hope to see you all out there. I wanted to make that announcement. So that was two announcements in this episode already, you being my new co-host and the fact that our panel is up. And so I hope that you all get to come out to see us there. Um, Before we go, Mike, again, please tell them where they can catch you and UVN, please. You can catch us at the World Wide Web. How do you spell that? Uh, uh, <laughs> I just had a yeah. Rick and Morty moment. www.undergroundvideonetwork.com. You can find us on Facebook at Underground Video Network, which, uh, since you mentioned it too, uh, we, me and Richard got to go down to the Independent Creators Expo uh, last weekend as well. Uh, we're going to be posting uh, our interviews that we uh, we got to shoot uh, from the expo here, real recent, and uh, it, it was a, a great moment for me because there was a running gag between me and a lot of the friends that I have made over the years who were set up at ICE. For the past two, three years, I have tried to make it down to the ICE. Uh, but something, it was like fate was keeping me away because every year something came up. The first year that I was going to go down to ice, I actually spun out on ice on my way there and wasn't able to attend. Uh, This was my first year getting to go down, and I had a lot of fun. I, I spent way more money than I should have, but no regrets. I bought some great art, some great comic books, a couple great novels. I bought a jellyfish green arrow. That alone. <laughs> there was I'm telling you, it was the first thing I bought. First thing in the door, like to my right, was this place, I believe they were, I, if, I, if I get it wrong, I apologize, it was Jelly Realm. They made handmade, hand-sewn jellyfish based on different comic book properties and other property, you know, uh, pop culture. And I'm looking through them. There's, there's a Superman, and I almost got the, I almost got the Superman. And, uh, but I saw Green Arrow, and I'm like, where else am I going to find a Green Arrow jellyfish? It's like, give it to me. So I had a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to be posting our, uh, the interviews that I got to do uh, here, like I said, real shortly. So please, Come, undergroundvideonetwork.com or on the Facebook. Uh, check those out. Uh, that's where you'll find us. And what about you? Um, I have a photography page. Look up Michael Boroff Photography. Um, I believe I have a Twitter page. It's uh, MP Boroff, which I don't really post very much, but whenever I'm tagged in something, I didn't, you know what, if it wasn't for you tagging me and stuff, I wouldn't have realized I had a Facebook or a Twitter page. I'm like, I'm getting emails oh. like, you were tagged, you were, you were mentioned on Twitter. And I'm like, how the hell was I mentioned on Twitter? Like, oh, I have a Twitter page. What is it with yeah. you? You are like the fifth person this week who has already gone, Twitter? Why do I have to teach you people how to tweet? Do you know all the – you know, you're missing so much of the stuff that is going on on Twitter. Again, no, I, you should be following things. Like, have you seen what's going on with Twitter between um, Deadpool, Captain America, and Iron Man? Yes, I did catch that. Oh, that's sober. No, I, I'm one of those people that I have the personality where I I know my personality well enough that – 
it's not that I don't know Twitter and can't use Twitter. I just choose to kind of stay away from Twitter. I, I am not a very good Twitter personality person. I, I've stepped away from that. Well, he does have a Twitter account. Maybe if you guys start going over there and bugging him, maybe he'll learn to use it more. <laughs> and, of course, um, with that, everybody can learn more about HEP. You can go visit us over at our website, which is com. You can go follow us over on Twitter at LadyVader79. You can follow Amanda Gillen Presents on Facebook at Amanda Gillen Presents. Or if you really want to get to know my uh, – personal, some of the things that I like to say that I can't say on my professional pages, you can follow me on Facebook. It is just Amanda Gillum. And Gillum is spelled just like William, but with a G instead of a W. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, it is 8.35. I have some video gaming that I must do because I have to go kill some rebel scums so I can finish off my diorama in Star Wars Battlefront. And I also have to finish my comic book reviews on, uh, let's see, what do I still have my comic book reviews on? Oh, my gosh. I have the latest of the Batman 66 and um, the Man from Uncle Comic, which has my friend Christy Blanche in it as a character. And I have to finish. That is so awesome. I know. I, I I got that, and I purchased um, all five of her comics, The Damnation of Charlie Wormwood, which are really good. If you haven't read them, you really need to read them. I'm reading all five before I post my comic book review of these. Oh, my gosh, they're flipping brilliant. She is an amazing writer. She really is. She'll tell you that she's not, and but she really is. And it was funny because I had bought all of them, and then I was flipping through the Batman 66 and the Man from Uncle comic, and I went, Christy's in this. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. Here, sign this one instead. <laughs> Not her comic. I want you to sign the one where you're a character. That'd be bloody awesome. <laughs> She's just laughing at me. I'm like, sign this one, not this one. I'll, I'll get your signature on your stuff later. That's okay. So those are the comic books that I need to finish reading also and get those reviews up. And you'll be seeing a review of um, Deadpool coming up on AmandaGillenPresents.com here shortly. We have pictures from the Independent Creators Expo and Film Festival coming up. And we also have um, – oh, the new Rooster Teeth movie, Laser Team, that review of that movie will be popping up on AmandaGillenPresents.com here shortly. So I highly recommend going and checking out the website and following us over on Facebook so you know when all that stuff will be posted. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, there's only one thing on an episode that is known as this episode is rated Deadpool that we can leave saying, and that is it is time to make the Chimmy fucking Changas. Good night. <laughs> night. <laughs> or not because obviously the system doesn't want me to sh- stop the show I'm pushing stop oh god did Deadpool get a hold of my freaking account and said nope you're good you're just going to stay there and you evil creature you oh goody this will be fun Let the show in. I want to go make my chili fucking chongas. Let me out. Let me fucking out.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.